Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. This morning, as we were, um, oh, as we were doing the offering, actually, God's been downloading things to me all morning. I had a sermon in my back pocket just in case this happened, um, but God began to speak even more and even more to me. And it's funny because He reminded me of this um, old saying. When I was in high school, we always had this um, evangelist that would come out. And he always started every one of his sermons saying, raise up your Bible. This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. You know, and he, he didn't say the rest of it. I love, I, there's a congregate, it's a congregational, um, I forget the word for it. I read it earlier. Uh, response. But today I'll be taught the word of God. I'll boldly confess. My mind is alert my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. And I was reflecting on this, you know, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. Do you know why I'm able to have this Bible? It's only because God chose to come down and write it in the first place. And then person after person fought to defend the very words that are written in this book. You know, and it, I, I laugh. I have so many Bibles, it's not even funny. And I can tend to take for granted the fact that I have a Bible. But, I, you know, I think we've all maybe heard it once or twice where you hear the missionaries talk about the, the people that will huddle around one Bible or even just one page and they're pouring over it again and again because this is, that's the only Bible they have. You know, are we passionate about the Word of God like that? I think about Martin Luther. When he, when he fought, he fought to, to translate this. The Bible was in Latin. It was in a, a language that no one but only the, the priests could understand. But he fought and he translated it into the common man's tongue. And because of his life, I have a Bible that I can read. So it's awesome. I love that. But I am who it says I am. Let me pull this up here. I love it. I love to dwell on this. I, I, this isn't even part of my sermon, but I love to dwell on this because this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. <laughs> I am a child of God. I am a branch of the true vine and a conduit of Christ's life. I am a friend of Jesus. I have been justified and redeemed. My old self was crucified with Christ. I am no longer a slave to sin. I will not be condemned by God. I have been set free from the law of sin and death. As a child of God, I am a fellow heir with Christ. I have been accepted by Christ. <laughs> I have been called a saint in Jesus Christ, I have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells in me. I am joined to the Lord and am one spirit with him. There's so much more. I am a new creature in Christ. 
I have been made one with all who are in Christ Jesus. I'm no longer a slave, but a child and an heir. You know, this Bible, if you open it up, if you crack its spine, there are so many things that it says about you. If you're struggling with with the view of yourself, if you find yourself in a place of low self-esteem, open the word. Open the word and just see what it says about you. But I have what it says I have. I love this. Forgive me, I scribbled on my little note here. I have what it says I have. What are some of the things that the Bible says that we have? Love, joy, peace, patience, righteousness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. I'm sure I missed one. There are a lot of them. But that's what the Bible says we have. It's not just a quick saying, something that we think. We have that. We have joy. We have the abundant life. We have patience. If you find yourself lacking in patience, go back to the Word of God and say, I have patience. The Word of God says that I have patience. Through the Holy Spirit, praise the Lord, not of myself. But I have patience. And then I can do what it says I can do. I love that. Jesus did so many miracles, but yet it says that greater things will we do. Greater things will we do than what he did while he was on this earth. I don't know about you, but that excites me. That excites me to my very core. I'm so excited that I, not only, not only the fact that I can even walk in the same spirit as God, We have the same Holy Spirit as Jesus when he walked in this earth. And I, as a worm, as a a tiny little ant, have been given that same spirit. But I also walk in it and can do greater things. Do you realize that this morning? Do you realize that the word of God right here says, not only does it say all the things about you and how wonderful you are, I don't know about you, I'm not so wonderful all the time, but through Christ, we are made whole. We are made righteous. And we have love, joy, peace, patience. We have a life to the abundance. We have an abundant life. It's not just a life where we get by. It's not just a life where we're, oh, well, I got to do the grocery shopping. Oh, well, now I got to pay the bills. Oh, well, now I got to do this. It's not a woe is me life. It's an exciting life, an abundant life, and all that you need, he has given to you. And then we can do what it says we can do. There is power that flows through you and I. That's exciting. That is exciting. I think it's exciting. I hope y'all think it's exciting. So now to my sermon, because um, I, I just love that saying. I always dwell on it, and it's just, it's powerful. But in Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, and sorry, Veronica, I don't have the stuff to you, um, so you can just follow along as best you can. It says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'm going to flip forward to Psalms 42. Um, 
And, and in this, this is, this is my psalm. Those who are in my psalms class, this is my psalm. Um, we memorized a whole entire psalm, um, or eight verses of it, whatever. But we memorized a psalm. This is the one that I chose. It says, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so, my, so pants my soul for you, O God. My, thirst, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? It goes on and on, and I'll get to that later. But as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Are you panting after God? You know, because up, up here in Isaiah it says, I'm doing a new thing. It's springing forth. Shall you not know it? We find ourselves, you know, I don't know about you, but I found myself time after time in a wilderness, in a desert. And like I, I've said this today all throughout, and it's kind of the, the thread that's tying through, but I don't know where you find yourself this morning. I don't know if you're in, in, in the oasis or if you find yourself in the desert. But the Lord is enough for you. You know, I, I think about it, and, uh, you know, there are times in our lives where we seem to be surrounded by all chaos, and everything seems to be up in the air, and nothing seems to be going right. We're surrounded by all chaos. And it's hard to see what God is doing. It's hard to see what he's doing in that moment. It seems like we're moments away from being swallowed up. And we're not in the peace of God. But in that moment, God shines through. You know, I love this picture. I had the, the awesome privilege to go to Israel uh, when I was younger. And... Um, during that time, we visited a place called En Gedi. And this would have been um, the place where David ran to and hid on one of his many times of hiding from um, the king that was, that was going to kill him. And, he, you know, people were after him, and he found this place to hide. He was going through the wilderness, going through all this, this hard time. But yet he found En Gedi. And when you get in En Gedi, oh, it's beautiful. I mean, literally, you look all around it. You stand at the edge of it, and you look all around it, and it's dry, barren, dust, and desert. But you turn around, and you go to step in, and there's trees. There is life. It's beautiful. There's a river. There are waterfalls. There's everything that he would need to be sustained in the midst of the, of the desert. He found that hiding place. God led him to that hiding place so that he would be able to be sustained while he was hiding. Yet it was in the middle of the desert. It was in the middle of one of the hardest, time, hardest things that he could go through. It was in the desert. You know, we look at, at Jonah with his tree um, that, that grew up beside him. Jonah, who ran away and went and preached to Nineveh. And then... He got really mad about it and started throwing a pity party, and he went on out to the desert. But even though he was throwing a pity party, God chose, saw fit to grow a tree for shade for him. God provided protection in the midst of the wilderness. I love this verse. 
you know, it's written in Philippians, I have learned to be content in every season. Have you learned to be content in every season? In the good times, it's way easy to be content. It's way easy to just say, hey, yeah, all, everything's good. I'm good. I just got a raise. I just got a new car. You know, whatever it is. I had my favorite sandwich for lunch. I don't know what it is. <laughs> hey, sandwiches are good. But, um, I, but it's so easy when things are going well to be contented and to say, yes, God is good all the time. He is good. It's so easy to flip that off the tongue and say, yes, he is good. But you get faced with a, a situation that shakes you to your very core, something that challenges the very thing you believe in, and then say, God is good, and find contentment in him. You know, it's, it's something I've had to learn a few times, and it's, it's, it's funny, each time I go even deeper, but through the wilderness, in the desert, there are rivers. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. It may look like all hell has broken loose in your life. It may look like nothing is going right. It may, not, it may look like God is not on your side. You may question if God is really standing beside you and really leading you. If he's really doing a new thing in you. You may question that. But even though our outward man may be perishing, even though nothing may be going right, yet my inward man is being renewed day by day. We have new mercies every morning. I live by that saying. Every morning there are new mercies. I can get up. I can take a breath. I can have joy because Christ is doing something new in me every day. And he is providing for me through the dark times. He is providing through me for me through every time in my life. It doesn't matter what's going on. My life does not surprise God. My circumstance does not scare God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it does not scare God. He knew he foreknew before time every single thing that I would face. He foreknew before time every day that would happen. He knew that I would be standing in this pulpit today. He knew it. God knew it. He has always been there. The Bible says that God is a faithful God. He is a good God. And that he leads us beside still waters. He makes us lay down in green pastures. He is faithful through every moment of our life. My Bible also said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He did not change. He did not change his mind with you. You are not that important. You are loved and special, but you are not that important that you could change God. And if you think you are, my friend, you are so sadly mistaken. None of us, minute little humans, could ever change God. He is eternal. He is outside of time. He is so much bigger than us. We cannot change him, and our circumstance cannot change him. 
<laughs> Psalms 42 goes on to say after it says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would be going with the throng to lead them in the procession to the house of God with glad shouts and song of praise a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfall. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. I don't know if you can hear it through that. I don't know if you can hear it in this psalm, but there's turmoil. The writer is in turmoil, utter turmoil. Things are going wrong. They're under oppression but they keep going back to one thing. They keep going back to hope in God. They keep saying, they're literally saying to themselves, soul, why are you downcast? Don't you know that you need to hope in the Lord? He is our salvation and our God. I don't care how many times you have to say it to yourself. I've had to say it to myself so many times. Why are you downcast? Oh, my soul, you need to hope in the Lord. Why are you downcast? Oh, my soul, you need to hope in the Lord. You need to hope in the Lord. That is the only way we will be able to walk through this life with joy is if we put our hope and our faith in God. So we put our hope and our faith in our circumstances. If we put our hope and our faith in our life and what, what, what the world brings us, if we put our hope and our faith in, in the government, if we put our hope and our faith in, in you know, what's going to happen in the next hour or two hours or the rest of this day, if we put our hope and our faith there, we will be sadly disappointed and we'll be led to destruction and depression every time. Every time. The world has nothing to offer us. It is no good. It has nothing to offer us. But yet... We're to live in the world, not of the world, but be in the world. We're supposed to be here. Every one of us is supposed to be here. We're on a path, and it's a journey that God's taking us on. It's a journey that leads to eternity. It's either going to lead you straight to heaven or it's going to lead you straight to hell. But it's a journey leading straight to eternity. And we can know without a shadow of a doubt, beyond any, any doubt within us, that God knows what's happening and that he is enough through every circumstance. Oh, 
The desert is not a place, not a place of punishment, but a place for God to provide rest. Did you know that? Did you know that? The, the desert place is not a place for punishment. It's a place for rest. You know, I'll, I'll talk about some of my deserts in a moment, but every time I face a desert, I have an option. I have a choice. I can either say, God, what are you doing in me? You're doing a new thing. You're obviously working in me. I need to learn something. I need to grow. You're doing a new thing. What is it you're doing in me? Or I can be in turmoil and I can fight it and be exhausted. But I guarantee you at the end of the day, God will make you rest. He does always win. He does. He always wins. I always say he's got me by my hair. I start to go one way and he just grabs me back. Says, nope, not that way. The rivers are in the desert. They're not outside of the desert. The first time we, we heard this, we heard um, when we were down in New Orleans, and it was such a, such a revelation to me. Because how many times do we find ourselves in the desert place, fighting in turmoil, trying to get through it, trying to fight our way through it, thinking, oh, Lord, why have you punished me? What have I done now? And we find ourselves just in utter chaos, but we don't realize that the word says that there are rivers not on the other side of the desert, but in, inside, in, inside of your desert place is a river that's going to provide. We can have victory even in our desert place. So stop looking to try to get to the other side. Stop trying to look to get out of it. You know, I laugh. I was talking to someone recently, and they were like, is this ever going to end? Am I ever going to get out of this? You know, this, this is something I've been dealing with for years. Am I ever going to get out of it? And it's funny because I don't know if that person was, was thinking this way, but it, they were looking like, where's, where's the river? i got to find the river. It's clearly it's over there on the other side. But they weren't looking for the river that was right beside them. God is there for you, even in your darkest hour. He provides that river right in the desert so we can go and we can rest and say, God, I'm just going to rest right here. I'm going to rest on the banks of your river, and I'm going to let you provide for me for a little while. I give up. <laughs> I give up. What does it say? Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. Let all of his waves. Let all the waves of life crash over you and say, God, I just got to rest here because I don't know what's going on. But I know you're doing a new thing. And I know that everything you put in my path is for my good. It may hurt. It may sting. It may not be fun. But everything is for my good. <laughs> God often has to bring us to the end of ourselves before we can, he can move in our lives. He has to get us to the point where we realize there's nothing that we can do. We are not in charge. We cannot change his mind. There is nothing that we can do to change it. We just have to submit. 
You know, I don't know if anyone else is like me. I like to be in charge. I like to be the boss. I like to have things go exactly how I want them to go. I have a little bit of control issues. Um, learning from Mandy how to let those go. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But <laughs> it takes a lot for God to get me to the end of myself and to realize that I'm not in charge. And that even if things don't go the way that I had said, or if things don't go exactly perfectly, you know, it, it's okay. God's got it. It's okay. One of the, um, I have a couple deserts in my life that I'll, I'll talk about here. Give me just a second. But one of the desert times in my life is the very reason that I'm here today. Joe and I had just been married. It was three months after we got married. We just found out we were pregnant, which was a surprise, not planned. And this was the three months after we got married. And then all of a sudden, Joe lost his job. He got fired. We both worked at the same church. I was very angry. I was very angry at the people at that church. And so I knew the right thing to do was for me to step aside because I couldn't work at a church that I was angry at. I couldn't do it. I, I, I knew that the, the, the integrous thing to do would be to step aside and say, guys, I'm so sorry. I will help you transition, get a new person, but I'm not your person. I have to go get healing. I need to go for a little bit. But what's funny is, you know, we had <laughs> maybe two days, and, and um, he gets fired on a Friday. I step down that same day, and all of a sudden, God brought this, <laughs> this river within the desert. I mean, how many of you guys, if you're thinking about it honestly, you're brand new, newlyweds, young, just got an apartment, working in ministry, thinking life's going good, surprise, you're pregnant, and your husband lost your job and you had to step down. How many of you guys would think that's really exciting? <laughs> I, I, it wasn't very exciting for me. But God was sovereign and knew the very thing that needed to happen. Because he knew I would never walk away from that job. He knew Joe would never walk away from the job because I, I was content where I was at. He knew we'd never get any further in our, in our walk into ministry should we stay at that position. And so he dragged me by the hair. See, I'm telling you, he drags me by the hair. He dragged me by the hair and said, no, no, no. But I can tell you what, that Friday happened. By Monday, Joe had a new job here in Ohio. We had always said, we're never moving back to Ohio I was never, ever moving here. Actually, I didn't care. Joe was just very adamant about it. So you can blame him. <laughs> you know, we, we found ourselves in the desert. We found ourselves in a place where we're like, God, we don't even know how we're going to provide. Like, we have a baby coming now. How are we going like, to survive? So God brought a job. God also brought amazing in-laws who took us in in the time of need um, and let us stay in their house with them. Um, and then, you know, and then he began to provide. And through that, he made a way for me. Um, at first, I got a part-time job. Then he said, no, you need to go volunteer for free at the church. I'm pretty sure everyone thought I was crazy. But I went and I volunteered at the church. And, you know, back then, 
I was a little bit questioning God. This is not the same church I came from, not the same church that, uh, same type of church that I would have grown up in that was very, <laughs> more like we are today. Um, very exuberant. I've always been very exuberant in my worship, and it was not necessarily that exuberant. And so I always questioned God, like, God, why would you have me at this place? I really don't fit, but you're not letting me go. You're not letting me leave. Why? Why? I'm pretty sure I'm scaring some people. I probably was. I'm pretty sure I'm like the wild child out here. Like, uh, they don't get me. Um, and so, you know, but God brought me to a place here because he knew that the prosters were coming here. And they have been such, whew, they have been such a, a difference. They've made such a difference in my life. They've shown me new things that I never, ever thought I would even begin to understand. I'm, I'm now going back to verses in my life that I said, I don't understand that. That goes on the shelf. And realizing, oh my gosh, that's what that means. <laughs> you know, I don't, hey, I'm not the only one who doesn't an- understand all of Scripture. I, I know you don't either. <laughs> but it was, you know, it, but it was all because of that desert place that God made a, he made a river in the midst of it. And because I was willing and I didn't fight it and said, okay, God, I know this has to be you because this is too crazy for, you know, this is like a soap opera. Not really, not a soap opera, but this is dramatic. You know, this is a little more dramatic than I would dream up for my life. (laughs) I know this has to be you. And I gave up. And I just said, God, I need you to move. And he did. He was faithful. There's another desert time in my, in my life. Like I said, I've had many. My throat's getting dry, and I'm trying not to have a coughing fit. It might just be what happens when I get the mic. I don't know. Maybe that's God telling me to shut up. <laughs> anyway, so another one of the desert times in my life. God had been moving. We just came, uh, we just went to New Orleans about a year and a half ago. Um, We just went to New Orleans. I was on the spiritual high of my life. I thought, oh, God is so good. I had joy. I was laughing. I was rolling. People were doing belly flops off the stage. It was a little bit wild, but there was, it was awesome. God was moving. I don't know how many people remember that service. I will never forget it. <laughs> but it was such, a, such an amazing service, or such an amazing time. Sorry, not service. That was an amazing service, but it was such an amazing time. And I remember thinking, man, here I am. I'm just going to start running. I'm going to run, and I'm going to take off, and I'm just going to go. And then life set in. And Joe and I had just found out after... Um, we had two surprise babies, Lily and Anna. And then we finally decided we wanted to have a baby. And we tried and tried and didn't get pregnant. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> oh. We do love our children very much. We want them. Don't get me wrong. But we found ourselves finally, after months, of trying, 
we were pregnant. And I was on that retreat in New Orleans, and God said, because I was wanting a boy. I was aching for a boy. I love my girls. I really love all of my children. I really do, I promise. But I was aching for a boy. And God told me, he said, you're going to have a boy, and you're going to name him Ezra. And so we got back from the retreat. Shortly after that, we found out we were pregnant. It was so exciting. It was really exciting because Joe and I, we hid it together for just a little while because we were like, oh, we've told everyone right away every other time. Let's have this just be a secret between you and me. So about a couple weeks after we found out, I ended up having a miscarriage. And this, this time in my life where I was ready to run, and I was like, God, I'm so excited. Ministry is awesome. We're going to run, and we're going to go. All of a sudden, the brakes were put on. And I was challenged to my very core because God had promised me something, that I'd have a boy. I'd name him Ezra. And here I thought this was the promise. It was. He is my boy. He is in heaven. He's with Jesus. But I found myself in a place where I literally, God put the brakes in my life and said, whoa, stop. You need to rest. So I found myself for many, many months after that. Years. I mean, even, even last weekend, I got one of the biggest revelations about that time in my life. You know, I, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where I fully understand it or I fully know the, full, the, the reason that God brought that time in my life. But he put the brakes on. And I had to deal with some questions in my life. I had to deal with some questions in my life. God, are you really good? Are you really good that, that if you would bring something that you promised to me, something I was desiring so deeply, something that you made happen, but yet you ripped it out of my hands? Are you really a good God? I'm aching inside. Are you really good? Are you really faithful? Are you really who you say you are? I'll never forget it happened on a Saturday. And I had to lead worship that Sunday. And I found myself singing songs that I was like, do I really believe the words to these songs? I think we sang Good, Good Father that Sunday. And I had to grapple with that to my core. It was not something that I could just let sit on the shelf anymore and say, yeah, God's good. I had to own it, and I had to know it for myself. So I began a journey, and God took me on a journey that was months and months and months long. And I thought I'd never get out of the desert. I'd never stop crying. I'd never find the river in the desert. I never thought I'd find it. But I kept searching, and I said, God, I know that you have this. I know that you've put it before me. Again, I stand here, and I know that you've put this before me, and I know there's a reason for it. I know that you've not done this to me because you're cruel. I know you've not done this to me because you think it'd be funny. I know you've not done this to me because you think I deserve it. I know that you've not done this to me because it's something that... that is a punishment for what, what I've done in my life. Lord, I know that there's a reason. I know. I know. So I had to grapple with it. I had to, I had to, to 
to cling hard to God in that season. And it's funny because during that season, God had me take the, the James class with Pastor Zach. And the very first thing, one of Pastor Zach's favorite, favorite things is James 1, 2 through 5. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. How many of you know when you're facing one of the most difficult things in your life and you see that verse, you just kind of really say, really, God? Really? Count it all joy? How am I supposed to have joy? I can't stop crying. Or, you know, I can't get ahead in my bills, whatever it is in your life. I can't get through this. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Count it all joy. The Lord puts these trials in our way. See, what I didn't know at that time was I was ready to run. I was ready to go forward in ministry. And had I run at that time, I would have run farther than where my character would have, take, would, would have held me up. I would have run straight past what God had for me and into something bigger. And I would have ended up like so many other preachers and, and ministers that fall morally for one reason or another. I don't know what it would have been, but I know that my character could not have sustained me to where I wanted to run because I was ready to take the world. I was so excited. But God said, no, you need to stop. And I need to work something out in you because I need you to have steadfastness. I need you to be steadfast. I need you to believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that what is said in this book is true. And I need you to come to a point in your life where you're not going to put any more verses, any more passages on the shelf and say, I'll figure it out later. Someone smarter than me knows it. But you're going to dive into this book and dive deep until you figure it out. Jonathan Edwards, one of, his, one of his resolutions was that if he met a mystery in Scripture, he would not rest until he had figured out a revelation. I just hit myself in the face. He would not, he would not let up until he figured out what that meant. It was getting a little too, too somber in here for me anyway. Count it all joy. So God was working out something in me during that season. I kept pressing through. And you know what's funny? I began to find joy for myself. And I began to see that God was good for me in my life. I got to see what he was doing in my life. And then last Sunday, God dropped something in me that blew my mind. Because I had found how God was good and what he had worked out in me. But I'm like, Lord, what did you work out in my baby? I never got to know them. I never got to know my baby. I never got to know little Ezra, who's now in in heaven. But God said, look, listen. He's never had to know the evils of this world. 
You've never had to protect him from hurt. You've never had to protect him from the pain. You've never had to hold him while he cried. He has only known me. He's known your heartbeat, and he has known my glory. And I was like, God, you are so good. God, you are so good. You've taken my baby and you put him in heaven where I know beyond a shadow of a doubt he is experiencing the fullness of the glory of God. And that's all he's ever known. He didn't have to come and deal with all the issues. He didn't have to deal with everything that we deal with on a daily basis. All he's known is Jesus. And the only way The only way I could say that to you today is because I kept pressing in, in the midst of the desert. I kept looking to Jesus saying, Jesus, I don't understand it, but I know that you had a plan, you had a purpose, and that you knew this situation, and you're working in it for my good. So, Lord, what is it? What is it? I can't tell you how many times I've gone to God and said, what is it that you're doing through this? Because it hurts too bad. What is it? I can now have joy. I can now celebrate because I know, I know that my God has it. He had it all along. He had it all along. In the midst of my desert place, he made a river. You know, we can't know the mind of God. We can't really know why he does the things that he does. We can't really know why he allows the things that he does. We know that this is a fallen world, that there is sin in the world, and that it brought death and destruction. But we don't really know why it is that God allowed each and everything. You know, why is it that God brought me through all the things that I've gone through in my life? We don't know the purpose of every single moment, but we can know that our God, is good, and he is faithful, and he is. (laughs) I love this. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. (laughs) I've drawn you with unfailing kindness. How is the Lord drawing you to himself today? How is he drawing you to himself? It may be through one of your hardest deserts. It may be through one of your greatest times of triumph and joy. But how is he drawing you nearer to himself? Because ultimately, it is kindness. It is his kindness working. It's his kindness that allows us to be drawn to him that we might not perish in hell. He uses every circumstance, every means working together for his glory, that we may see heaven. So I hope that you guys have hope. I know it's, 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 it's a bit somber, but I hope that you, you can hear the hope resonating through this message. You don't have to go in any longer and walk down the path where you are in a desert place and, and try to, gr- to crawl out, try to, try to claw your way out of it. You can stop and you can rest right there along the streams, along the, the, the bank of the river. 
<laughs> he makes you lie down in green pastures. What are green pastures? You know, he's given a picture of us being sheep there. The sheep eat the grass. He's given you sustenance. He's, he's letting, making you lie down in the green pastures. He's not just lying you down in the middle of the desert, but he's lying you down in a place where you can find sustenance and where you can rest. And then he walks you beside the still waters. You know, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we, we don't have to fear the evil. We're walking through that valley. We're walking right through it. And God gives us hope and peace in the midst of it. He is a good, good God. Hmm. Christ died that we may be hidden in him. So this morning, if you guys could stand. You know, I don't know what, what place you find yourself in. I don't know what, what season of life you're in. But I know that Christ is enough. I know that, that he is enough and he has died so that you could be hidden in him. So that you don't have to face the, the troubles and the, the trials of this world alone, but that you have a helper that is walking beside you, even through the darkest hour, even through the most trying time. So if you don't know the Lord here in this place, if you don't know this God that I'm talking about, if you don't know the God that is so good to all of us, that he would pick us up off that path to destruction. The Bible says that the way to hell is broad. The path to destruction is, is broad. But he comes and he picks us up. He scoops us up and pulls us into his arms and takes us off of that path and puts us right onto the path of everlasting life. So if you don't know God, if you don't know the God that, that loves you with an everlasting love, I want to offer you an opportunity. So with every, every eye closed in this place, I just want to offer an opportunity for those of you who might not know the Lord, those of, the, those of you that are away from the Lord. I want to offer an opportunity for you to accept him right here because he is good and he is working on your behalf. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.